Token Smart Podcast, episode 13, one of my favorite numbers and one of my favorite dudes. Got my buddy Whale Shark on with me today. I'm really interested in diving into what makes Whale Shark tick and what he's all about. And uh, Andrew Steinwald did a fantastic podcast with Whale Shark. If you're interested in learning about his projects and uh, his theory behind whale coin and everything and I'm, I'm sure we'll scratch the surface of that but between me and you whale shark dude i don't want to talk about your fucking coin the whole time i feel i, I feel <laughs> like my life has been infiltrated by your coin and uh i i'm sure we'll we'll get to it a little bit but uh you know i i see your coin everywhere and you're obviously doing a great job with it but i would like to sort of go that. beyond that in in some capacity dude I, i've always wanted to tell you this story and i purposely didn't tell you before we got started but if you're cool, man, I would love to tell you the story of, of my impression of what happened when you sort of uh, splashed <laughs> into the scene. Uh, what was it, like three months ago, something like that? When did you sort yep. of hit NFT land? I started to hit NFT land about December, but, you know, really only making moves, like you said, about three, three, four months ago. So you're, you're spot on. Uh, and dude, yeah. I, I would love to, I would love to hear the story because I've heard stories from many different people um, <laughs> and coming from the voice of NFT land. I'd love to hear it from you, man. So as you know, man, I've been doing this podcast with Matthew for like quite a while uh, leading up until when you sort of, I, I guess you had sort of been what, doing like a bunch of trading and, and buying artwork and that kind of thing behind the scenes. But I, I feel like you sort of came out of the woodwork like publicly around like two, three months ago, or at least that's when I noticed. Is that is that about right? Yeah, that's about right, my friend. I was, uh, okay. once again, I started off a little bit slow, but then I started to ramp it up a little bit as we moved towards the launch of Whale. Okay. So I'm doing this podcast with Matthew and then like you post on um, sent sounding just like Matthew. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is Matthew doing? Right. And, and, uh, and, I, and he's like my good buddy. Right. I consider him yep. like to be one of my like best friends. I, I trust him implicitly uh, in, in NFT land and everything. And so I'm like, uh, you know, I, I didn't even say anything about it because I'm like, I feel like Matthew would have told me ahead of time if he was going to do something like this. So I'll just let it ride. Okay, you want to create like an alternate account. I know he had been buying like a bunch of stuff on Super Rare. So I'm like, all right, maybe Matthew wants to take a step back publicly and create like some alt account. So for weeks, I'm like sort of like looking at Matthew sideways. Like, I know you're fucking whale shark, dude, because your, your <laughs> writing just happens to sound exactly like he does. Uh, his does. And he's a great writer and, and you are as well. And I think a couple people had commented on your first couple of sent posts, like this has got to be Matthew or something like that. <laughs> so it, it became like this running joke, right? And so we, uh, all the way up into uh, NFT NYC, and Connie and I were sort of in cahoots. Matthew doesn't know this story either, actually, by the way. So I'm sure they got to hear in this. So Connie and I are in cahoots. We're like, who is Whale Shark and is Matthew Whale Shark? And so we were like, all right, we can figure this out by whether or not Whale Shark is tweeting while we're in Matthew's presence <laughs> or whatever, right? And so for the entire you know two days, we're like stalking Twitter, looking at Matthew. We're like, oh shit. Whale shark just tweeted, where is Matthew? I saw him over there <laughs> it's like, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And uh, to make a long story short, my first question Dude. for you was really going to be, are you Matthew? <laughs> Dude, I'll take that as a compliment. I mean, coming in the space, you know, once again, when I when I first entered in, I, I was I was in the crypto art scene. And then after that moved to crypto voxels. And that's actually how I found scent. You know, I, I think 
Matthew has a stellar way of expressing himself, whether that's in written form or whether that's when both of you guys are on on You Deserve a Drink uh, or the Token Token Smart podcast. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely take that as a compliment. But we are definitely two separate people. Um, Matthew and I talk talk now and then as well. We're good buddies. But dude, I, I think, uh, again, you guys being the voice of NFT land, uh, you guys come across as extremely succinct, extremely clear. Um, it's only something that I could aspire to be. Jeez, dude. Don't like make me speechless before I even got to any of my questions, man. Shit. Uh, it's true. Yep. <laughs> uh, so from listening to your previous podcast and the bits and pieces of information mm -hmm. I've like stalked of viewers online, uh, <laughs> Thank you. it seems like you came into this world basically through the the gaming aspect, right? You were interested in Gods yep. Unchained. Yep. Did you just sort of stumble into the art scene like as a result of that, or had you had like an interest in art going into this or is this your sort of first foray into the art realm? I've always wanted to collect art, right? Uh, I've always wanted to collect art, but I was always intimidated by how uh, steep the learning curve, uh, or, or at least the um, at least how the uh, perceived learning curve is in the traditional art world. You're correct. I did enter in through the gaming side um, because one of uh, I think sometime in July of last year. I was looking through Reddit, saw that Chris Clay moved across to Gods Unchained as the game director, had always played Magic the Gathering as a kid. So I was one of those kids that, that hung out at the neighborhood card store, uh, trading cards, playing Magic the Gathering, saw that there was an opportunity to collect trading card game that was based on the blockchain. And then after that, you know, just totally fell in love with the game. I mean, I, I it still has its kinks and it had its kinks back then, but I would play, dude, I would play like 24 hours straight. Uh, I remember I was grinding. I was grinding with my team, Team Mythic. Um, I would play from when they started at about nine o'clock in the evening, all the way to all the way to nine nine a.m. the next day. It was it was yeah, so much dude. fun. Um, but Good no, time. you're right. So so I, I've always wanted to collect art. Always wanted to collect art. But you know, it, I think traditional art comes across as a little bit snobbish, and you know, there's a lot of group thought uh, that make it that makes it very difficult for you to collect the things that you really like. When I saw when I saw Super Rare on the OpenSea ranking, um, it was a no-brainer for me, right? I could I could collect what I wanted. I could collect it anonymously. I had no you know I had no regard for the for the for the commercial value of the art because honestly, all I wanted to do was hang up some uh, hang up some art in my man cave uh, on my TV screen. Yeah. Um, but you know, um, Hex Hex C uh, launched a uh, analysis. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but he's trying to quantify uh, the value of art through statistical analysis. And okay. it, it turns out that I didn't do too badly either. So it, it's, it's just been a wonderful journey for me. I mean, I, no one judges me. I can collect what I want to collect. Um, yeah. And hey, if it goes up in value, great. Hey, if not, I have some amazing pieces of art that I can hang up in my house. Yeah, dude, that's one of the things that like I, I think about occasionally is that like, you know, I don't have to. And obviously I collect a lot of uh, NFTs mm -hmm. and, and art and everything as well. But it's it's way different. You know, when you buy a piece of physical art, you sort of have to be OK with the public perception of that piece of art and be OK mm -hmm. with your family's perception and, and have them be OK with that piece of art. And there's there's a lot of barriers to collecting physical art mm -hmm. where that's that's one of the what you said just like struck a chord with me because that's one of the things that I really have enjoyed about this journey is that this is like my art for me like not anybody else it's sort of like a personal thing and it, you know I, I show it to people I, I like to show off pieces and everything 
But at the end of the day, it's like my shit in my wallet and nobody has to like it but me, which is cool and, and sort of a different spin on, I feel like, the traditional art scene where it, it's very like sensitive to public opinion or, or at least friends and family and, and that type Correct. of thing. And dude, um, I mean, you can you can take this art wherever you go, right? I, I mean, in my house, I think I have three TV screens running running art, as well as an additional three digital photo frames, um, cool. where you know I, I upload the gifts on them. Um, if I if I if I pop open my phone at the moment, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I got I got pieces of art from Pac uh, on my on my on my uh, on my cell phone. So you know, it really it really just allows it allows me to carry the art that I love wherever I go, wherever I want, right? Totally, man, dude. Who, who the fuck do we pay in Whalecoin to like make some sort of like easy, easily streaming like Web three <laughs> art? You know what I mean? I, I feel like uh, it, I, it, once that happens, I, I feel like the floodgates will open up as soon as I can just like beam that shit up, up to like all the Costco TVs simultaneously, or uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like some seamless point of entry because. I do the same thing you do, man. I, I download the gifts, you know, upload them onto the thing, and it's sort of it, it's a labor of love, and it's really cool once the product is finished. But then every time you get a new piece that you want to add, you got to do the same mm -hmm. thing like all over again. H have you found any like good? I don't even care if this has anything to do with the podcast, man. I just want to know. No, like, have you found any good workaround? <laughs> I mean, I, so the benefit of being me in the space is that I get to talk to a lot of different people. Um, I know that a lot of smart people. Uh, are working on solving this issue. I think we're going to see something big come out from a major player relatively soon. But I guess the o the only workaround that I've found is uh, is is Samsung. One of the struggles that I had because I, I was running through different cell phones, right? I was running through OnePlus. I was running through Huawei at one point in time. The only phone that has been able to allow me to let's say let's say take an X copy and put it on my lock screen uh, has mm -hmm. been a Samsung. In okay. addition to that. They have uh, they have TVs like the Serif and and all of these other art based TVs that that seek to become actually a photo frame when you're not using it. You know the reason why I'm so bullish about this is that you know the, the industry is moving towards this trend, right? I used totally. to be a, I used to be an analyst at the start of my career, and and as a as an analyst, uh, my role was to take a look at emerging technologies, emerging trends. I, I can see it happening, right? I can I can connect the dots before it happens, and I think it's just going to happen sooner or later. But, yeah. dude, Rizzo, I, I I I can tell you the best experience that I've had with my GIF files has been using this uh, S20 Galaxy S20 Ultra. I mean, it's awesome. I, I mean, I, I I've I've run Pack on here. I've run Xcopy. I've run Hackatow. Um, it's just amazing. And when people see it, I mean, when you, when you actually when when you just lay your phone on the table, it becomes a, it comes it becomes a uh, discussion point. Uh, and then after that, it, it kind of allows you to tell people about what digital art is, uh, and on top of that, you know why digital art digital art has never become a commercially viable uh, outlet for art, and why it is now. So you know it's 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 led to a lot of interesting discussions. Do the people you're having these discussions with? feel like you've just jumped off like the loony cliff or are they, <laughs> do they like buy in like right away or, or what's like the general reaction that you see like on the ground floor i think it falls into two camps right so one camp will be like oh this is not like the mona lisa right there's only one mona lisa and then you know once again not a lot of these people are technological savvy um so they're not going to get the idea of tokenization and and how tokenization proves scarcity and origin straight off the bat um, at the same time, I've, I've got people actually in Hong Kong, right? So I, I met a few new people down here, showed them what digital art was, uh, took them to CV. So when uh, Dow Records held their their opening at the Scarlet Factory by a lot of money, um, it just blew their mind. 
it just totally blew their mind. Not only yeah. the crypto art, but also the growth of CV as a as 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 a platform to show that art. So I think they fall into two camps. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that's about what I've seen. Yeah, see, the progression of CV over the course of the last six months is is astounding. It seemed like a ghost town uh, around December, and now it I can't even hop in without like other people like popping up <laughs> next to me and be like, yo, what's up? <laughs> uh, Dude, but a lot, a lot of that has been attributed to what you guys have been doing at Token Smart as well as, as well as the whip, you know, it, it, the platform can only grow when people are pushing the boundaries on it so that the developers behind it, like Ben and the team can actually get behind it and, and make it, uh, make it feasible. So I think the whole community uh, really owes the Token Smart team and, 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 and the Scent team uh, a lot of props for doing that. Dude, I'll, you can come on every day, man. If you, <laughs> Dude, you're, I, I wish, I wish I could attend WIP. By the way, but the only thing is, so one of the issues that I found is that because of the time zones, um, I usually, I usually, usually WIP or 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 other events tend to be in PST, yeah. uh, noon noonish. Um, so it's like three a.m. and four a.m. in the morning for me. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about my schedule later, but you know, I, usually I try to grab my six to eight hours of sleep. Dude, I, I can't say I blame you. No, I know that that's the uh, challenge of doing something global is it, inevitably people get cut out of the loop, uh, you mm -hmm. know, with time zone situations. And, and it, it is tough because on the one hand, you want to keep the time consistent so people know exactly when it is every single week there, you know, you don't, you're not constantly switching things up on people, but obviously you want to be inclusive. The best workaround that we've figured is sticking the landing with like videography and we've definitely got people yep it was sort of a crazy whip last week with like the, the weirdness and everything uh, and mm -hmm. the TV crashing, but hopefully we'll have some like solid video streams of the event so that people can at least see what went down, even if they can't participate hands-on. Uh, yeah. Dude, what, you, what you, gonna say, you, man? You, you come in for a whale poker. I'll come in for a whip, my friend. <laughs> I've, been yeah, waiting. I've been waiting to play yes. poker with you, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey dude, I will take that deal. Totally. All right. We'll, we will talk about that afterwards. It's because, a deal. Yeah. Yeah. I would absolutely love to do that. And, uh, uh, would you be interested in getting on the whip? Would you be down? Uh, I, we can I, cut this part out if, if not, but, uh, I would no, love to have dude, you on it. Dude, absolutely. I mean, once again, I, I'm, I, I don't, I, I'm working on a lot of different things at any given point in time. Um, actually, I'm, I've been working with my team at Whale, at Whale to talk about some of the things that we're doing next. You know, the, the, the reception to the launch of Whale and the growth of the community has been amazing. Uh, I think we're, we're, we're at about 1,100 Discord users. And, you know, I, I think this thing has legs, right? But, sure you know, we're, like <laughs> we're trying our best, right? And, and once yeah. again, it was, it was always about trying to grow a community rather than a currency. And that community is really, it's really flourishing. I mean, it sure, it sure seems like that. And yeah, dude, I mean, you name the week. We'll, we'll absolutely love to have you on to talk about it. Did you like, how am I trying to say this? Like, did you know what you were biting off when you launched this coin? And and the only reason I asked this is because yep. Con Connie is a good buddy of mine and yep, yep. he's, you know, in my opinion, one of the pioneers in the social currency game. And it's, it's just a lot from, you know, from talking to him and just mm -hmm. keeping this going, like driving, you know, the community that, you know, comes up around the social currency is, mm -hmm. can, you, can easily be a full-time job in itself. So was what happened, like what you anticipated and was hoping for, or did it like sort of veer in a unexpected direction or, or what in terms of like expectations versus reality, like how have things played out for you? Dude, I think 
whale could not have grown to where it is today uh, without the work that was put in by Connie Digital, uh, Skinny, Yura Miran, uh, and a bunch of the other guys, right? And particularly Roll, right? Because I think right now they have over 150 people who are issuing social currencies. You know, a lot of a lot of the use cases of social currency were developed by that core group. So I think I might I, I had a slightly easier time about it. Uh, now, given that, I mean, if you look at the white paper today and the way that whale is structured today, um, you know, I, I got to update that white paper. Uh, it's been on my to-do list for the last week. But no, I mean, originally, you know, I was looking to launch a coin with a focus on token issuance, right? So market making, you know, based on the feedback that the community provided by several members, uh, I, I dude, I had to call it audible. Um, I think I think everyone noticed that about three to four days before the official launch. Um, I stopped all market making activity uh, and instead said, hey, it's going to be used as a reward rather than something that you can buy. But the day that I did that result, I think our Discord increased by like 100%. So it doubled. Hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of think like all things in life, as long as you keep an open mind, take good advice, really think through it. And then after that, take action on that advice. Um, by doing the right thing at the right time, you're going to get the right results. So I guess I strive as a community leader to listen to my community, uh, whether that's what NFTs I need to purchase or how I need to do governance or, you know, what do I need to change about the about the tokenomics of whale and and just make it safe and, and right for everybody. So to, answer, to, to, to give a short answer to your question, it, it is definitely not what I imagined in the beginning, um, but simply because of community involvement, it became better. Dude, that that's a cool answer uh, and, and very interesting. Yeah, it's weird as, as someone else who is like you know pushing a, a community. Or, it, it is interesting the direction things take once you get a whole bunch of people weighing in and involved and passionate about it. And uh, yeah, you just sort of gotta be ready to go with the flow and, and roll with things. I mean, you're obviously doing a great job, man, and and people appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, but it, it's a big like the thing that struck me <laughs> as odd or interesting is it's a huge leap right go and this is what is. uh you know honestly has prevented me from doing something in the realm of social currency is my conversations mm -hmm. with connie and i'm like i don't really have the desire to go from like you know mm -hmm. one side of the aisle to the other from collector to um mm -hmm. uh, you know or i don't know maybe i have in some capacity but you know i i guess from your angle like was this always the idea when you like sort of hopped onto the scene or did, did this sort of like occur as an idea to you organically or like what made you decide to you know come on the other side of the the coin so to speak it it, it wasn't it wasn't a um it, it wasn't the initial intention my initial intention collecting nfts was Primarily, I wanted to collect things that I that I enjoyed, right? And if you look at the composition of the vault, um, the majority of that is the majority of that in terms of I would say in terms of value um, is crypto art or rare digital art. Um, you know what spurred me to do this was basically thinking about hey, so I have all this rare digital art. Collecting is a really solitary um, activity. How can I get more people involved? How can I have more fun? As a collector, how can I share my collection? And then at the same point, how can I use this to give back to the community? So the initial thought process behind Whale was to create what I call a virtuous cycle. You collect good art from good artists. Um, you sell Whale that represents or that is underpinned by that good art done by great artists. And then after that, you buy more of it, right? 
So it creates this infinite virtuous loop, which I was looking to get to. Um, once again, the change in the tokenomics changes that up a tiny bit, um, but I'm sure that we'll find we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. How much of your day is consumed by like whale coin? Like, are you like like what what the hell do you do all day, man? <laughs> Dude, I uh, so so on a personal level, I mean, I run several companies, right? I guess the the first company that I run is uh, a company that does uh, product lifecycle management. You know, and 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 COVID, you know, has has really increased the demand for that. Uh, being able to do product development from anywhere anywhere on the world with with different teams, whether that be quality assurance. Uh, buyers, developers, suppliers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the second thing that I do is artificial intelligence. So I do have a team that does visual artificial intelligence that helps retail. Uh, on top of that, um, I also have a team that runs a mutual fund. Uh, so I do dabble in traditional finance. Um, I got a stealth startup coming out in August that I would love to show everybody. But once again, the, the stealth startup, startup that's running is something is something not related to blockchain. Could be, could be tied into blockchain eventually. Um, but, it, but it's really an industry first uh, for what I'm doing there. And then after that, it's whale. Um, honestly, these days, because I, I think if you read through my sent podcast, uh, my, sent, uh, my sent articles, um, I was quarantined for 14 days. I uh, had a lot of time to work on shit, right? Um, so I would say in any given day, uh, I spend probably about two to three hours on whale and about one to two hours on everything else individually. But uh, I mean, okay. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend, man. I'm a workaholic, right? <laughs> I, it's, it's just, uh, it's just me. That's the impression I got. Uh, but it actually seems like you have, uh, for all the things that you're involved in, it seems like you manage quite well. So what do you like when... When whales done whaling for the day, like what do you do to like kick back or like what do you what do you do for fun? Dude, I, I love I love working out. Once again, COVID kind of put a kind of put a nail in the coffin there. Um, but what I do have is I have my TRX and I have my resistance patents. So I do about an hour of workouts every single day. Um, I love Muay Thai as well. So so uh, Thai kickboxing. I, I uh, you know they 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 just they just opened up some of the gyms over here. So I so I do that for about an hour or two every day. Oh shit, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you compete at all, or do you, do you no. like spar, or is is it just like like physical conditioning training type I, of thing? It's just physical conditioning for me. Um, no, I I'm a very I'm a pacifist at heart. I I have no inclination to punch somebody in the face or, or give someone a bloody nose. But I enjoy I've always enjoyed pushing the boundaries of uh, of my body. Uh, I used to actually be a I used to actually be a national fencer back okay. in back in the early days and played a lot of basketball. Rizzo, wait, waiting waiting to play some waiting to shoot some hoops with you one day. Dude, um, my, my, I on my list of questions is about <laughs> your jump shot, so we'll get there. <laughs> Dude, it's it's probably rusty as hell, but uh, <laughs> but but I'll, but I'll give it a shot. I, I mean, I mean, I remember you, you posted you, you asked the question, how was my? Uh, I think it was like how was my penalty kick or something, dude. I. Uh, dude, I, I'm like all left feet when it comes when it comes to soccer, man. Um, but oh, jump shot, me too. jump shot, dude. I, I would I would love to play. I would love to be like a. Dude, we could have like a token. We could have like a a token smart basketball league or something. Dude, name the day and the place, and <laughs> I will be there. I would love to. I grew up on the court as well, man, and and also like to stay in shape. 
And I, I've had like, uh, we were kicking around ideas of some sort of like big retreat before COVID-19 and everything and doing some sort of like, uh, you know, celebrity tournament, uh, you know, in various things or whatever. So it, it'll, it'll happen. One, one day it will happen. Um, Dude, I mean, to, to handle the schedule that I, that I, that I handle, um, if my body isn't in, if my body isn't there, uh, my mind isn't there either. Right. Um, totally. so you know, for me, it, it's just keeping healthy is priority number one. Um, I, you know, y- you asked what I do in my free time. It's it's mainly it's mainly exercise. Uh, I love walking as well, so I walk about I walk about ten kilometers a day. Um, and, and then on top of that, I, I have this diet that I stick to that that keeps my uh, that keeps my blood sugar stable. So so I only eat one meal a day uh, at four p.m. five p.m. every single day. Yeah, and and it just keeps me alert and healthy all the time. I haven't been sick in a really long time. Yeah, I, I actually heard you say that, and I uh, coincidentally have been doing that for uh, quite a while as well. I, I don't stick to it quite every day and everything, but um, I found that like a weird similarity. Once I saw you posted that, I was like, <laughs> oh, we're, we're in the same like weird uh, club, and, and my mom is always like, aren't you starving? Um, <laughs> Dude, you get you, you get used to it though, don't you? Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, there are no. I mean, it's it's ten it's ten p.m. over here right now. I no hunger pangs whatsoever. No, no. the The amount of time, like prior to when I started doing this, maybe six seven months ago or something like that. The amount of time mm-hmm. saved, not like focusing your day around like so many meal times and everything, is like <laughs> astounding. It, it just frees you up uh, like so much. But, but wait, dude. So hang on. So, all right, so you, you exercise. All, all the things it seems like you spend your entire day doing are just like, you know, just <laughs> focused on like harnessing this killer like whale shark machine um, or whatever, which which I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of too, man. I do like the same type of thing. But I'm like, there's got to be something like what, what's like a guilty oh. pleasure like or, or like. You know, some sort of like you got to watch some sort of horrible reality TV show or like something. I, I, I game, bro. I game. I, I love. All right, all right gaming. there you go. I game. I love gaming. So, dude, actually, prior to this podcast, I, I ran like I, I was. I, I played like five Overwatch matches. Um, I okay. love my Overwatch, right? So, cool. I play. I play a lot of Overwatch, and even even in between work, right? So, if I have if I have meetings, if I have meetings throughout the day, I'll, I'll just play one or two matches before my next meeting, just to relax a tiny bit. Um, I play a lot of Overwatch. I play a lot of PUBG Mobile. Um, yeah, I, I mean that's gotcha. probably those are probably my guilty pleasures. But uh, okay. you know, love 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 doing that. Yeah, awesome man. What I, the reason that jump shot thing originally came up is because I was sick of your scent posts talking about how like <laughs> perfectly refined perfectly refined your lifestyle is and like all this amazing <laughs> shit. And that was actually when I was still thinking that. Uh, you were Matthew, <laughs> so I was Matthew. like, I'm gonna fuck with Matthew, <laughs> and I was like, tell me something that you suck at, man. Like, how's your jump um, shot? And as it turns out, it sounds like you grew up on the basketball court. And your jump shot's not too bad. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I went to high school in New York, um, so I mean, if you if you if you're in New York, you play basketball, right? Um, yeah. So I grew up in I grew I, I went to high school in New York. Um, after that, I moved to Philadelphia for undergrad. Um, you know, Seriously? yeah, man, I, dude. So I, I think I. Oh, part, you you grew up there as well. You grew up in Philly. Yeah, dude. Dude, Patoginos, man. Both <laughs> <laughs> is the both, answer. Both. <laughs> that is correct. New trick question. But no, I grew up in Philly, and 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 you know, going to college down there, you know, I was I was an athlete, right? So basically, my day would be would consist of going to classes in the morning, 
um, I'd go for training from, I guess, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. And then I'd be balling from like 3 p.m. all the way to 8 p.m. And then I'd go eat like a, I'd go eat, I'd go eat an extra large pizza, right? Dude, let um, me find out I was on the basketball court with you at, at some point. Like, give me some, like, what time frame, <laughs> like around what years were you? Like? Uh, I was, I was there around 2000 and between 2001 to 2005. So I'm 37 this year. So basically, I was, uh, I, you know, it's it, it's fun, right? I mean, there's there's nothing much else to do, um, so I'd I'd always be playing in the gyms down there. Yeah, dude, that's that's so funny, man. I had no idea. I, I mean, <laughs> we we were like probably like not too far away from each other between 2001 and 2005 or whatever you said, because uh, that that was uh, I was playing a lot of basketball in South Philadelphia around that time with a bunch of the people I grew up with and everything, and. Yeah, man, same thing. Just playing street ball and and for something nice. to do and stay in shape and everything. Rizzle, um, it, it is never it is never too late for you and I to go a one on one. So uh, I'll wait for that. I'll wait for that token cash. Uh, that token smart retreat, and then I'll let you and I can play. I'm getting excited like as we speak, <laughs> man. I'm I'm like ready to go practice my jump shot right this second. Um, <laughs> So you suck at penalty kicks. I was like, tell me, so what do you suck at, man? I suck at penalty kicks too. Are there like, it seems uh, like you you do pretty I, well on like a lot of things. Is there anything you like really stay away from or like really don't like to get I, involved in or you're, you're a pacifist. I, I, I can identify with that. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't draw, dude. Uh, I mean, I wish I could draw. I, I, I mean, being in, being in the crypto art space, I wish I could draw. Um, but, you know, I, I don't have the, I think I don't have the patience. I don't have the patience to 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 take the time to uh, perfect an art piece, which is something that I really admire um, with the with the with the great artists in the crypto art communities. So drawing is definitely one of my shortcomings, or any sort of art is actually one of my shortcomings. Um, I, I suck at the piano, <laughs> um, like dude, like all Asian families. My my parents, dude. I mean, my, my parents would have me go for piano lessons since I was five. I'm I'm all thumbs, right? I I I can't I can't I can't <laughs> I can't sight read for shit. So uh, that's probably another thing. But I do enjoy playing the guitar. Played it for about twenty years. Uh, haven't played it recently. But you know that that would be. I think I wrote in one of my one of my sent articles. Um, you know, exercising my creativity is mainly through you know building businesses, right? And I I know that a lot of people are not going to associate. Uh, creativity with business, but for me, you know, building out a business model, building out a revenue model, building out an organizational structure, um, those are the things that really get my creative juices going. No, dude, I, I can identify with that, right? You sort of get all the pieces moving uh, mm -hmm. the way you want them to, and it, it's like a beautiful thing that sort of unfolds in front of you once uh, once you got it all uh, flowing Absolutely. coherently and, and together. Then and then, and then when you execute it and you see everything going, and then that you have to call an audible here and there. I mean, it's yep. it's, it's 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 interesting. I, I find it, uh, I find it intellectually uh, uh, intellectually stimulating. So it sounds like, and you know, I I can identify this as well. But it sounds like you genuinely enjoy the work that you do, even though it seems like you've got a, a lot of different things going simultaneously. <laughs> it sounds like you you genuinely uh, enjoy what you do. Dude, I mean, if you're if you're spending if you're spending um, so out of twenty four hours, I'm usually working about sixteen to eighteen. If you're spending the majority of of your life working on projects, um, and you don't enjoy what you do, uh, it's very difficult. I, I think that would be an extremely sad life. You know, when I look at when I look at the things that you guys do, like uh, Scent, you deserve a drink, Token Smart, 
Um, I can't see you guys doing that unless you were really passionate and really, really, you know, really, really interested in, in what you were doing. You know, they, they always say that that when you love what you do, it doesn't work. Dude, totally, man. I, I actually, um, yeah, can speak to that and basically stalked Jim for a month and you know, changed, <laughs> changed careers to work with uh, Jim and NFT42 because mm -hmm. I am very passionate about it and you know saw an opportunity to do something I love for a living. And I was like, Jim, dude, fucking give me a job, man. <laughs> man, dude, I'm, a, I'm, I'm addicted to your podcast. I'm addicted to your podcast. So every single morning, um, I tell you this, every single morning, if you guys release something, I'm listening to that podcast before I take a shower. So I, you guys are doing, you guys are doing an amazing job. Thanks, man. I, I genuinely appreciate it. And it's weird. Like at, at this point, um, you know, seeing some like the backend metrics of it, like, and having done so many podcasts, mm -hmm. you know, you, re you refresh the back end of the podcast and, you know, every single time a few more people have listened to one podcast or another or whatever. And it's like, holy shit, man. I, at any point in time, someone around the world is like basically listening to me run my mouth. <laughs> a very strange like realization to come to uh, because I just sort of, uh, you know, I guess sort of similar to, you know, how things have unfolded with uh, Whalecoin and some of your projects. I just sort of walked into this and just sort of did everything I could to make it happen, whatever it is. And then it just sort of manifested itself in this way. And now here I am like interviewing you on my podcast and like, I, I never saw this come six months Hon ago. Honestly, honestly, I love the dynamic. So, you know, when you listen to a usual podcast as someone that's asking a question and then there's a, there's a, there's an answer that comes across. Um, the token smart podcast is awesome because I love the dynamic between uh, yourself, Matthew and Trislet, right? So basically what you have is you got you who's coming in raw and, and coming in and coming in a little bit more informally. After that, you got Matthew, you know, once again, being very concise and very eloquent. And then after that, you got Trislet who's being, who, who comes in with the technical expertise. Um, I, dude, I think it's a killer podcast. I, 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 I think I, I think I posted on my Twitter as well. I was listening to you guys all the way uh, on my flight from Seoul to Seoul to Hong Kong. I just wish you guys did more. <laughs> I, I, I would listen to you guys all day long. Well, shit, dude, that's a fucking great, great, <laughs> Uh, everyone listen to whale shark what he just said <laughs> dude if, if you want to know if you want to know what's up uh you got to listen to the token smart podcast right yeah. it's um and i can't honestly i can't wait to see what you guys do with all your cv projects and everything because you know again i, I think you guys are one of the only uh teams that are, are are really pushing a platform to its maximum it's to its maximum ability right and the thing is, you know, once again, I'm aware that I'm having listened to the podcast. I'm aware that even when you guys face issues, you guys are able to call an audible and, and create something amazing out of it. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think I think that's just fantastic. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's taken like a really fun turn over the course of the past month or so when all the, uh, you know, bells and whistles have sort of come together and we're not fighting tech problems and have, you know, consistently stuck the landing with multiple events in a row. And uh, mm -hmm. It's exciting to branch out, man. Now we're actually, you know, moving on to doing like launch parties and, uh, you know, hosting other events. So, uh, again, man, sort of staying with the same theme where we're just continuing to push, push, push and sort of go with the flow of wherever it takes us. But uh, I, I think all of us uh, involved share the same general idea that we've we've really got something here i don't i don't think you can mm -hmm. quite quantify like what exactly it is but mm -hmm. everyone sort of feels like we got that magic thing right now and we just need to 
keep pushing and, and keep harnessing Correct. it and, and see where it takes us. Russell, um, anything I've ever seen in business has always been, you know, it, it, the, end, the end result never looks like what you started with in the beginning, right? But really the people that really benefit at the end are those that stuck with stuck with it um, and evolved to meet the needs of, of the users as time went by, right? And and I can and I know that you guys have been, you know, when when you guys were doing WIP way before, and then after that, moving on to Token Smart and all of that, um, you know, I can see you guys evolving, and and you know, it's it's ultimately you guys that are going to be leading that space and evolution. Yeah, I I, I have that feeling as well, and uh, I think uh, Matthew, Jim, Trislett, and and you know everyone else involved uh, sort of has that same mindset, and and people have come out of the woodwork to you know contribute mm -hmm. and help out. You know, I, I feel like you know word is starting to spread, and people are starting to take notice that we really do have something going for here, go, going mm -hmm. for us here, and. It, I was just saying this to someone the other day, man. It, it seems like something like this should not be that complicated, but on the back end of it, it's really fucking complicated <laughs> to like get all these moving parts going, uh, you know, uh, at the same time. And uh, you know, now we got audio people, video people, and and all this stuff. And you know, it's a it's a fairly big production. And I I actually had this. I was watching some documentary um, the other day and had this vision like ten years down the line. I'm like, dude, I would love to see like, the, <laughs> the, the whip documentary when this is like the, the biggest thing in VR. And then going back to the early days when we're just crashing crypto voxels and none of the audio is working. And uh, it'll it'll make for a great documentary one day. Dude, make sure you keep make sure you keep all of those all of those files, all of those memories. I would love to see that as well. And you know, I, I think it's going in the right direction, right? Because I mean, prior prior to COVID, you know, Zoom really wasn't a thing. I think I used Zoom like maybe uh, I'd use Zoom like maybe once or twice a week. I'm using it every day now, right? Um, everybody yeah. has everybody has a webcam. If you're trying to buy a webcam today in Hong Kong, um, or if you want that Razer webcam that has the built-in light, it's all sold out. Um, so, you know, I, th I think it's an evolution, right? So we're, we're evolving from, hey, uh, we need to meet face-to-face. -face. And, you know, I'm a traditional guy. I love face-to-face. -face. But now due to COVID, um, hey, we're going to meet on Zoom, right? Which is, uh, it's been, honestly, due to the circumstances, it's been equally effective for me. Uh, and then after that, uh, you have the evolution towards, um, you know, how can I get away from Zoom and get more interaction in, in virtual reality, right? Um, yeah. I think we still have a little a little ways to go, um, but I can totally see people being in VR, being in crypto voxels, and and giving a, and like what you guys are doing right now, but doing it seamlessly, right? Um, uh, having having hand tracking, having body tracking, uh, without without that cost associated with the gear, um, and just being able to be natural in in a virtual space. I think that's the last. I think that would be the last mile. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with you, man, and and it's it's probably not for everybody, but it's going to be for mm -hmm. enough people, and and people are certainly being pushed in that direction due to circumstances around the world and everything. That it it just seems like a natural iteration, and I I don't want to beat the point to death because I've I've talked about it numerous times, but that sense of presence that you get like versus uh, in, in like you know crypto voxels or some sort of like mm -hmm. VR platform versus like static on like a zoom call or something like that is, is mm -hmm. really just very powerful um to me so um, i totally agree I, 
so played out, man. Ten years down the line, Whalecoin is super successful, and you know <laughs> is, has done the things that you wanted to do. Your your seven thousand businesses are all cranking and doing well, and you've you've outsourced your job to people who can uh, you know you trust or whatever. What what yep. is Whale Shark doing, man? What's the what's the grand plan in, okay. in the in the grand scheme of things? So someone actually asked me that question, D dude. You're you're asking you're asking a very timely question because someone just asked me that question uh, two days ago. Um, you know, I could have retired quite a long time ago. Um, I can never stay in retirement though because after two months, um, I just get bored uh, and I find something to do. Um, what I've always been extremely passionate about uh, is charity, as well as giving back to the community. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been talking to Jim about, and Jim Jim wants to open it in Las Vegas, is you know I'd, I'd really so from so let's, let's so the three things I'd like to do um, from an art perspective, I really would like to uh, create physical art galleries uh, that exist in the art hubs around the world um, that could give digital artists or crypto artists a physical presence and a bridge into crypto art. Uh, for consumers throughout the world, right? Pro bono. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's so that's one thing I'd like to do: uh, set up multiple galleries throughout the world, and be able to give that space for free uh, for good people uh, in the crypto art space, so that they can so that they can increase their presence and they can increase their sales, and we can onboard more people into the crypto art or rare digital art movement. So that's the first thing I'd like to do. The second thing I'd like to do is I've always I'm had not a very surprised you have bullet points, man, for your life. Dude, I'm <laughs> like, dude, I, 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 I talk like I write, dude. I swear to God. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I, you know, I always, I, I don't know why, but I always think in in terms of three. So it's like bam, bam, bam. Um, right. It's just just a product of my environment. <laughs> um, All right, man. What's number two? Number two is I would like to set up some women's shelters. So honestly, I have a real soft spot for uh, for women and children, right? Um, and it's been something I've been planning for a really long time. Um, I would like to set up some women's shelters in Asia. Um, again, the, the perception of women, uh, the treatment of women in Asia is very different uh, than the treatment of women in, 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 in the West. You know, I'm a big proponent uh, of giving women power. Um, if you look at some of my businesses that I have today, the majority of the executive level, the leadership level, they're all women, right? Um, and and they, they they'd run circles around me any single any single day of the week. But at the same time, you know, th there's there's that one vulnerable part of society where sometimes they don't have somewhere to go. Um, and you know, women's shelters isn't a real huge thing over here, and it's something I'd like to do. Um, the third thing that I'm going to do as well is probably set up some orphanages as well. Um, just flowing along those lines of of trying to help out the most vulnerable uh, aspects of community, um, and I, you know, honestly, once once all of this is done, and I'm I'm hoping that it's not going to be ten years, man. Uh, if it's ten years, I I, I think I, I think I'd be a little bit late. But you know, once uh, once I'm done with all of this, um, I'll probably take my focus and put it more towards uh, giving back to the community, giving back to the vulnerable, uh, rather than being the ultimate capitalist. Dude, that's that's amazing, man. What made you so passionate about that? And we're gonna talk after the podcast, man, because I actually, sure, uh, yeah, want to want to talk to you about some of that stuff. But um, 
was there like was it something about the way you were brought up or like how, how did you develop such a passion for those things or was it just sort of like always a part of you or or what yeah why that I mean, I mean, so again, sorry, dude, I'm going to bullet point you, bro. <laughs> yeah, bullet point so, me, man. I love I'm, gonna I'm, or, point. I'm, I'm an organized guy, point, man. Bro. I appreciate it. I just felt the need to point that out. <laughs> oh. So, um, so I mean, the first thing, I mean, for crypto art, I mean, you saw, you saw, I, I guess you saw the fury and the, and the, and the, and, and how upset I was um, when, when I was doing the math on, on, on sec, uh, secondary resale rights, right? Um, yeah. You know, when I'm doing the math here, I mean, some of these artists, they, th there's no way that they can live on primary art sales uh, alone, right? Particularly those right. that are still entering the space. So for me, I mean, the first thing for for the crypto art thing, you know, I just really want to see if it's possible um, to accelerate the growth of some of these artists so that they can not only enjoy doing what they're doing, uh, but at the same time, enjoy life and actually have a great life while they're doing it. Um, you know, when you look at when you look at the history of art, I mean, most artists are starving artists until they die, and then all of a sudden their paintings are worth like a million, two million dollars, right? I don't think that's right, right? So it's about doing the right thing for the art community. Um, I think Maker's Place and and Super Rare and, and Known Origin have made some amazing steps, right? I think the secondary resale rights are now like ten percent, uh, which is much better than the the three or five percent it was before. Um, probably needs to go to fifteen percent, but again. When when we were doing when I was doing that, you know, a lot of artists, uh, a lot of collectors, uh, didn't have the same didn't have the same viewpoint, and I can understand that, right? We're we're in different we're in different uh, positions in terms of female. I, dude, I, I I live in a house of females, right? Um, uh, so you know, for me, it's been, uh, you know, I, females have made me who I am. Um, women have made me who I am, and I owe a lot to them for nurturing me, for giving me the opportunity um, to become the person that I am today. And then after that, when I see when I see when I see people who don't have that same um, environment or that same amount of luck, you know, I, I just I, I feel like you know everyone deserves a chance, and everyone does need to have a safe place that they can go to. Um, Children, it's the same thing. You know, even even when I was even when I was in undergrad or when I was in uh, when when I was doing my MBA, um, I would take one one day out of my weekend uh, to go play basketball and ping pong. Actually, uh, with we call them migrant children uh, in China. So basically, it's it's where their parents had emigrated to a city, uh, but because these children didn't have a what we call a huko or a, or an ID for that certain city. Uh, they really couldn't go to normal schools, um, and you know, just being around children all the time. They, they, there's so much. There's so much light and laughter. Um, I, I'd like to find a way how to how to increase that and how to propagate it. Right. So, so those are the reasons why I, I guess I guess just being around women and children a lot. Um, you know, it, it's really struck a chord with me, and 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 it really it it really feels like I have to do the right thing, dude. Fuck. I love everything about you, man. I really hope I can beat your ass on the basketball court. <laughs> oh, dude, we're going to play. If, 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 if you beat my ass in basketball court, we're going to play horse, man. <laughs> all right. I, and I don't want to play you in ping pong, man. I'm all, I'm all right. But, uh, I, you know, if, if you've been practicing, then, uh, yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to step Dude, dude if, you, if you play table tennis in China, it's it's a whole uh, – dude, I had like I had like seven-year-olds beating my ass, man. It's – um. Uh, it's it's a totally different uh, it's a totally different scene over there.
Dude, I, I believe it. I've, I've seen videos and I don't want to mess with those kids <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> um, dude, I, I don't want to, I, I tremendously enjoyed this conversation. I don't want to like keep you here all day um, and want to respect your time. Is there anything that, and this has sort of been like all over the place, but I don't really care. This has been like a, a great conversation that I've been like totally fascinated by from start to finish. Is there anything you wanted to get out there or talk about, uh, you know, now that you got the mic and, and everything that anything we need to hit on or um, shout outs or project stuff or anything like that? I I guess uh, I guess a shout out is in order. I mean, I, I'd love to give a huge shout out to the whale community. Thank you for coming into the whale discord. Thank you for being positive and respectful members of the community and, and just making this entire project successful. Um, a lot of thanks to Allegria, um, Tweety and Anonymous Nobody, as well as Blue, my mods, uh, as well as our intern, Anissa. Um, I, I can't do it. Dude, you asked me how I, how I manage so many projects. It's because I have amazing people with me, right? Um, yep. Ain't that the truth, yeah, I, man? You can't do it without and, your people. No, and, and, and you'll find that in any business, no matter how high-tech it is, uh, at the end of the day, it, it's, it's due to the quality of the team. Um, you know, I, I've made a lot of friends, too many friends, um, so many friends over, over the course of, uh, over the course of my, my journey in NFT land and, and in crypto. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm definitely going to be meeting some more, um, shout out to team mythic. Uh, you know, we, we know that the going is a little bit tough, but you guys are going to do great. Um, and dude, I, I just hope, and I hope everyone maintains a positive and mutually respectful, um, attitude. Uh, as we move forward so that we can move in a positive manner. Well said, dude. Uh, Thank yeah, you. We will we'll wrap it up on that. Your community is phenomenal, man. And and I'm sure your people <laughs> have been, you. Uh, you know, obviously doing a great job working hard. My son uh, submitted to your uh, kids draw uh, contest or, or whatever it was, uh, drew a whale mm -hmm. for you. And I was telling him that I was going to interview you today. I was like, do you have any questions for the whale shark? <laughs> He's like... Is is he really a whale? I loved I loved the painting. I love the painting. And I, I go yeah. through every single one of those. And you can definitely tell him whale shark is definitely more whale than shark. Uh <laughs> definitely more whale than shark. I also love the and, and I now have a hard time seeing your name with uh the post that was made on Twitter with the Avastar that was like whale shark do 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 and <laughs> now <laughs> Now that's in my head, man. Whenever I, I see your name, so you can you can know I'm singing, man. Whenever you pop up on my Twitter feed. All yeah, right, absolutely. dude. I've enjoyed this, man. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, man. We should absolutely do it again sometime. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll be in touch. Um, all right, man. Take care. Great. Thanks, man. Good night. Mm -hmm.